What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Alexandra Marinelli on the call today. I'm so excited. Her and I are Instagram friends, and she is here to share her story on the Life After Miscarriage podcast. So I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay, perfect. So obviously, I'm a listener of the podcast, and it seems like most people start with their relationships with their husband. So um, my husband and I got married in August of 2015. And I, if you knew me in high school, um, always wanted to have kids, was never so sure about the marriage thing. Um, But my husband's wonderful. And um, we had a super long engagement. It was 20 months long because my in-laws live in Germany. Um, So in order for them to be able to come to the wedding, we had to have a a rather long engagement. So we knew as soon as we got married, we were going to try to have a baby. So um, I got off my birth control literally right after we got married. Um, And I always kind of said, okay, I really want an October baby. So if it takes me six months, I'm not going to be that upset. But after that, I'll probably start to get a little frustrated. Well, of course, the six months came and went and I wasn't pregnant, which is not terrible you talk to anyone in the infertility world, six months is literally nothing. Um, but then I started to get kind of sad. And of course, the next month I got pregnant. Um, so I found out in March of 2016 that I was pregnant and um, I had my daughter, Vanessa, in November of 2016. So I had a really great pregnancy. I loved being pregnant. It was rather uneventful. Um Nothing too crazy happened. She's wonderful, two and a half year old now, full of drama and sass and everything like that. Um, and when she was about 10 months old, I decided I was ready to have another baby, which my sister and I are only 15 and a half months apart. So when she was six months old, my mom was like, Are you sure you're not ready to try for another one yet? And I was like, No way. And then a few months later, I was like, Yes, okay, I'm ready. And thankfully, my husband was on board, too. I thought he might take some convincing, but it didn't at all. So we started um, trying to have a baby in September of 2017, and I got pregnant relatively quickly. Um, I found out in January of 2018 that we were expecting, and I was so excited because it was so enjoyable just to um, not track my cycles and for it just to happen so easily. Um, I was seriously thrilled. Um, On February 1st, we went to our first OB appointment. The baby looked great, had a heart rate in the 170s. Um, And the baby was measuring about a week behind, which in hindsight was probably not good, but I was still breastfeeding my daughter at the time. So my OB was like, well, you weren't tracking your cycles. You probably just ovulated late since you're still breastfeeding. I don't think it's a big deal. Everything looks great. Um, So then the next couple weeks went by. um, 
I actually went to a class like all week to get my lactation certification. I was feeling so, just so happy, so happy. Um, And then on uh, the day before Valentine's Day, I started spotting in the morning. So I messaged my OB people and of course they're like, Spotting can be so normal, it's okay, blah, 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 Um, which with my daughter, to be clear, I did not spot at all. I had no problems at all with her, and that was earlier in the morning, and then my husband got home from work at like 5.30, and um, by then it had turned to like red, so I called the emergency line. Thankfully, my OB was the one on call. I go to a small three-doctor practice, um, and two of the OBs I really love the other ones just kind of okay (laughs) (laughs) thankfully my actual OB was the one that was on and she was like you know um with how early you are I was about 10 weeks with how early you are um this could be fine or you could be miscarrying she was like so I'm gonna have you come in tomorrow um and overnight um i By morning, I pretty much knew when I went in, I was not going to receive good news because it just kept getting progressively worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I went to the OB the next day. I couldn't get in until like two o'clock and um, the baby was still in my uterus, but no longer had a heartbeat. So she was like, "Um, you're going to miscarry your cervix is already dilated, you're already bleeding. I think this is going to complete on its own. Well, um, I got all the typical, all the typical, it happens to one in four, it's really common. Um, Your next pregnancy is probably going to be perfectly fine. You have a healthy baby already. Um, This is probably just like, your 25% chance the next time it's going to be fine. Just like everyone gets, which honestly, I kind of feel like that spiel should probably never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although for the majority of people, it is true, but for the people that it's not for, I think it makes it even worse. Um, So I really wanted to go back to work. I'm a nurse and I work um, part-time two days a week. So I wanted to go back to work because my goal was to have another baby. So I didn't want to take too much time off for, for this. So, um, I, by the next day, didn't really think I had passed the baby yet. So I did ask for the medication to help. Um, and honestly saw no difference. So, um, I'm one of those people that I feel like my miscarriage was more like heavy bleeding, which Mm -hmm. I hear all of these people that are like, Oh no, it's absolutely not like that. Um, and I, I do have a really high pain tolerance. Um, so I don't know if that's why. Um, yeah. I think everybody's is so different. Yes. And it, I mean, it was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of blood, but my pain was okay. Yeah. I honestly don't think the medication did anything different for me. Um, besides I was able to go back to work on Monday, like I wanted to, um, so obviously I was devastated. Um, my best friend found out two weeks after me that she was pregnant. So our babies were supposed to be due like two weeks apart, um, which our daughters are four months apart and it's amazing. Um, so that was like an extra level of devastation for me. I think like, 
my husband at, at one point was like, I mean, don't you think it's time to move past this? And I was like, you're not understanding. Mm-hmm. Every milestone she hits is one mm-hmm. I'm missing. It's a constant reminder. Yes, constant. Even to this day, it is a constant reminder for me. Um, and what's but- weird is I don't think people understand like when you said that how I reacted like oh you know what I mean yeah it's like but like people who haven't been through this they don't understand that but like all the listeners are like oh my gosh you know what I mean (laughs) like oh that's really hard yes for like the rest of her life right so Mm -hmm. um I think once I told my husband that I think then he became a lot more understanding um, I still, I really believe that miscarriage impacts women and men so differently. Um, and I think it's just because it is happening to our bodies and it's a little more real to us, I think. For sure. Um, so anyway, my, um, OB saw me again a week later to make sure everything was fine. And it was, and she was like, hmm, I'd prefer you to wait a cycle to try again, but you know, you're good to try whenever you would like to. So we pretty much tried right away. And this time I went back to like all of my crazy tracking techniques, tracking ovulation, doing all of that crazy stuff. (laughs) Um, And I found out I was pregnant in June of 2018. Um, I ended up miscarrying when I was seven weeks along um, while I was on vacation. So that was fun. Uh, I pretty much knew immediately. I started spotting in the morning, and by the afternoon, it had turned red, and I called my OB's office, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that I'm having another miscarriage. And they were like, are you? And I'm like, no, I literally once you've this. been, Yeah, once you've been <laughs> through it, it's like, you know, you, you, like, don't even need the doctor to tell you. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So, Um, I came in after vacation. I actually, (laughs) I had an ultrasound scheduled for the next week for obviously my pregnancy. So they just kept that ultrasound and just checked to make sure everything had passed at that time. Um, So that was, um, I I don't want to say as surprising because I feel like the first one was always so surprising, but you always think, okay, this happens sometimes. And especially, I think, having a medical background, I never blamed myself or had any of those those common miscarriage feelings in that sense because I know that this happens. I know that it's common. I know the statistics. I know plenty of women it's happened to. Um, so I think the second time I was like, okay, well, the one time I can understand, but why is that happening again? Um, and so obviously my whole, my whole family knew what was happening. And, um, my sister was like, well, I'm not going to try to have a baby until you have a baby. And I was like, Alicia, that might not ever happen at this point. Yeah. (laughs) So you can't put your life on hold for me. Um, which I was thankful she had that sentiment, but like in reality, that's, not super um, smart or realistic to do something like that. So my OB did the um, recurrent pregnancy loss panel at that point. And also my husband and I both had genetic testing done where they did our karyotyping. And all of that came back normal. 
everything was normal. So then my OB was like, well, you know, a lot more miscarriages happen than we're probably aware of. Having two in a row isn't totally uncommon, although it really is less common than she was leading me on to believe. Um, I think she was like, I think next time we'll, we'll be it. I'm like, okay. So, um, I, we started trying right away and in November of 2018, we found out we were pregnant again. Um, literally the week of my daughter, my daughter turned two. Um, so again, I, I don't even think I was super excited because I was mostly just anxious about everything. And I went in at six weeks. So my OB originally was going to see me at seven. After my first miscarriage, she told me she'd see me at seven weeks for my next pregnancy. Um, but at six weeks, I was spotting. And I just spotted a little bit at night. And the next day, it was gone. So I was like, do you still even want me to come in? And they were like, yeah, with your history, I want you to come in. So I went in. I was exactly six weeks. And my OB was doing the ultrasound. I was by myself. My husband was out of town for work. Um, So I had my sister watch my daughter, and I was alone. And I went in, and um, she did the ultrasound, and she was like, Alexandra, this isn't good. And I literally said, what the F? (laughs) Like, I think I was just so mad Uh at that point. And she was like, there's – you have a gestational sac, but there's nothing in it, which is a blight of o- blighted ovum, which plenty of people on this podcast have talked about. Um, so she gave me the option. She was like, you know, you've had two natural miscarriages. Uh, your body probably will catch on and know what's happening. So we can do that. She said, or I can go ahead and schedule a DNC for you if you just want to get it over with. And again, I was like, my ultimate goal is to get pregnant so and have another baby. So if I can avoid, like, additional risks for scarring or things like that, um, that would be my preference. And five days later, I started bleeding. So I had um, – I completed a miscarriage on my own for that. So that was my third miscarriage in a row, um, So which happens to about 1% of women – So I have, I've had friends that have had two miscarriages in a row. I've had friends that have had three, but not in a row. Um, But I really didn't know anyone else. Like no one else I knew personally had had three miscarriages in a row, especially after having a child. So even um, look, looking back now, Um, and even listening to your podcast and stuff, it's a lot more common for women to have her current pregnancy loss prior to having a baby. Um, and I think that's what I, I really struggled with. I couldn't find anybody to relate to at all. And I had a really great support system, but I don't think unless you've been there, you really know how to be supportive in, in the best way. Um, And at that point, we had been trying to have a second baby for over a year. And so my OB decided that she was going to refer me to a reproductive endocrinologist, which is what typically happens after a third loss. Some OBs will do it after a second. 
Um, and so I went to see this reproductive endocrinologist. It took me a while to get in. My, I got in uh, like the first week of January. So I was scheduled like six weeks out. And he looked over all of my stuff and he was like, you've had three miscarriages. He said, that's a lot for a woman in her 20s. So that's another thing. I'm I'm still less than 30, um, which being over 30, especially over 35, increases your miscarriage rate. So I think that was another like confusion factor for my OB and the RE actually he said I'm thinking one of two things he said one thing is easily fixable the other is not so he's after that he did an ultrasound in his office the same day and he said he was looking at everything and he was counting the follicles on my ovaries And I had, like, eight or maybe nine total. And he said that a woman my age should have about triple that. I should have, like, 15 on each ovary. So without even getting my blood work back, he was pretty much like, I'm fairly convinced you have diminished ovarian reserve. Um, Which I I had some knowledge of. So, so at that point, I got a horribly devastating diagnosis. I'm 28 years old. He's telling me that my ovaries are acting much older than that. My capacity for childbearing is um, a lot less than I anticipated. Um, so essentially, at this point, I'm experiencing secondary infertility with recurrent pregnancy loss. Um which is fairly not, I just don't think it's talked about a lot. So I think infertility is starting to be discussed more and miscarriage is starting to be discussed more, but I hardly ever hear anybody talk about secondary infertility. Um, And he told me, um, he was like, well, how many kids do you want? And I said, I would like four. He was like, I think I can get you one more, but probably not more than that. So I was like, well, I'll take what I can. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Right. Um, and I obviously have a daughter who's wonderful and I'm so blessed to have her. Um, and that's not lost on me at all. But I think that was the hardest part for me is, um, infertile women didn't understand it as much because they're like well you have one kid and then um like I said before uh I wasn't even able to connect with people who had experienced what I was experiencing so um he had me come back for the saline sauna just to make sure that my uterus was clear which it was um and he said you know um, I can, I can give you Clomid, uh, he said, and you'll probably get pregnant because you're getting pregnant on your own, but I can't guarantee that you're not going to miscarry again, and if you miscarry again, you're going to be two or three or four months behind 
um, when I think IVF is your best bet. Um, so I talked to my husband and we were just going to go ahead and do IVF, um, which is super expensive. Yeah. But, uh, the, the reproductive endocrinologist thought process was you're probably miscarrying because your eggs are poor quality since you don't have as many. So the only way to circumvent that problem is to do IVF with PGS testing, meaning they would genetically test our embryos to make sure they were normal. Um, so even though we had lots of other things that we wanted to do, uh, we knew we were on a time constraint. So we were, we were going to do IVF. I had my consult booked for, it was like the end of February. The IVF consult was like forever out. I felt like, cause this was in mid January and bef- before I had the saline sano, they made me take a pregnancy test, which is crazy because I hadn't, I knew I hadn't even ovulated yet, but that's like one of their rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'm already peeing in a cup, so I might as well just see if I'm about to ovulate. And when I was trying to get pregnant with my daughter, I would get positive ovulation tests like cycle day 16, but I had noticed I was getting them earlier. Which, in hindsight, is also a sign of diminished ovarian reserve. Your body, like, wants to release eggs more often because they want you to get pregnant because your chances and timeline of getting pregnant are slimmer. Um, and my ovulation test was positive. So I kind of told my husband, I was like, hey, you know, this is our, our last chance to try to have a baby before IVF. Um, and... So he was aware of that, and we went on with our week, and um, it was the Super Bowl, and I worked the day of the Super Bowl, but my husband had my parents come over and stuff, and I got home from work, and I was, like, eating my wings, and I was drinking a cider, and I was like, this just doesn't really taste right, and the next day, when I woke up, I was like, I think I should take a test. And at this point, I was only, like, nine days past when I ovulated. Um, and it was positive. So I found out at the beginning of February that I was pregnant again. This is my fifth pregnancy. Um, and so I'm, like, frantically calling my OB's office. Um, because with my third miscarriage, I got serial betas done to see if my HCG was rising appropriately. Actually, with my second with my second and my third but uh it it was with my third but not great so they wanted I assumed they would want to do it this time and they told me to call the RE they were like they're probably going to want to follow you and I was like even though this was like a quote-unquote natural pregnancy and she was like yes so I called them they got me in for blood work right away Um, they did blood work for like a week and my my levels were great, so much better than before. They had me come in for an ultrasound at, like, five weeks to make sure the pregnancy was in my uterus, um, which I thought was kind of weird because I haven't had an ectopic before, but it's probably just something they do in their practice. Um, and then had me come back, like, a week later. I had my husband go to that appointment, and um, we had a baby in there with a strong heartbeat, 
And I was like, okay, that's fine and everything, but, like, I've been here before, you know? Um, so they wanted me to come back two weeks later, so I came back two weeks later, and they were like, everything still looks great. You can go to your OB. And at that point, I was, like, eight and a half weeks, which um, my my first miscarriage was at 10 weeks, but the baby was measuring eight, so this baby was finally measuring further along than any of my miscarriages so I was like okay and then I went to my OB and they transferred me there and um I'm now 23 weeks pregnant with a little boy oh my gosh yes so how do you feel I'm starting to get really excited um yeah yeah it took me I was like almost 19 weeks pregnant before I bought him anything yeah um and so that's gotten better. I've started to purchase things for him and um, we're moving my daughter to the bigger room. So I've started doing that. I can feel a move a lot now. So I feel a lot better. That's when it, for me, that's when like a lot of the reassurance came in to yes. play. Yeah. Yes. And I definitely feel better. I don't think I will feel good until he's like in my arms breathing. You will. <laughs> yep. Yep. I um. Once he takes his first breath, that's when you'll take yours again. <laughs> like I just, I just don't think I will like truly uh, be all in until then. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like another level of devastation for me because uh, with my diagnosis, this is likely my last pregnancy. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like. Uh, I think the biggest things um, my miscarriages took from me were the joy of being pregnant, which is really hard. Um, you know I, what it was like, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, where for me, like, I don't really know any different. So, right. like, yes, um, yeah, I wish I did. But, like, you know, it's like I, I can imagine if I, if I knew I would feel even more robbed. Yes. And I think... I think if I knew I could have another pregnancy, I would be okay, like, yeah. not being totally joyous, but it just doesn't even, it just feels wrong to not be completely joyful all the time when it's probably my last one, um, so th- I have, I have a lot of trouble with that, Yeah. Um, and I'm, like, still struggling with that to this point. <laughs> And another thing that I have, like, a, a really hard time with is, um, with, so I have a daughter, and I'm having a son, and people are always like, oh, my gosh, one of each. That's so awesome. And I literally kind of, like, die every time somebody says that to me. Um, not because I don't think gender disappointment is a real thing. I'm sure that it is. Um, but because I would have been just as happy with a daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And I I get (laughs) this is so dumb but I get really sad thinking that my daughter might not ever have a sister um which she wanted a brother so (laughs) she got (laughs) she got what she wanted um but I I think a lot of people think when you have a miscarriage um if you go on to have another baby that that pain goes away and it really doesn't yeah um Especially, uh, like, 
a lot of women I know that miscarried ended up getting pregnant before their next due dates, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, well, I wouldn't have this baby if it weren't for that. So I think that helps, a, like, a lot of women deal with the pain a little bit. But for me, like, I could have had my first baby and this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could have had them both from a timeline perspective. Um, they would have been 13 months apart, but, but I yeah. could have had both of them. So... <laughs> I think those are the things that um, aren't talked about as much um, that I have still struggled with in life after miscarriage for me. Uh, But I envisioned myself, you know, five months from now uh, with my baby and my toddler and my husband and just being so happy. Um, And I just can't wait to get to that moment. Mm Mm-hmm that moment is what I'm waiting for so absolutely well congratulations that's so exciting and nerve I know the nerves that you're feeling so like I I kind of feel like sorry for you at the same time you know what I mean it's like it's like congratulations but also like oh that's hard Um, Yes. yes one thing that I've noticed with like the women who have been on here with secondary infertility is the like I'm you guys always explain like how grateful you are for your your kid that you do have here on this earth is that something that like to me that's just so sad that you guys feel like you have to do that because I know the (laughs) I know the pressure that other people put on that is that why I know that's Um, kind of a personal question so I I think so um I so I actually, I went to this infertility conference in April, and I was pregnant in mm-hmm. April, obviously. Um, and when women weren't so bothered that I was pregnant, but when they found out I had a daughter at home, they were like, well, wait, what? Oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I think, I just think it's because um, second secondary infertility either isn't discussed about enough or known about enough. Um, yeah. And I. I can get their point, right? Like, you have one kid. I don't have any. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. I, I do. Um, but I think you don't understand it unless you've walked that path. Yeah. Um, and my daughter literally saved my life. Um, I, I can't even explain. Um, you know, some days she was the reason I got out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's the pressure or if it's just like making it known. Like for me, like I want you to know I'm so grateful for my daughter. But yeah. that doesn't that doesn't mean I don't want another child. Um so I think it's just important to for people to understand that just because you have one kid doesn't mean you don't want more. Um and I think sometimes when you don't have any it might be hard to understand that sentiment. Um, there are some women that I met that understood so completely that were wonderful. And then there were others that I could just tell the look on their face was like. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is so sad. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, just because you have a child, that doesn't mean that you can't mourn the, you know, death of another. Like, it, it, it's almost to me like if if somebody 
you know, I, I hear a lot of women that are like, well, at least you have one. You know what I mean? That they yes. get that, that comment. Yes. And it's yes. like, yeah, but like, imagine if you had two living children and one got taken from you, you wouldn't be like, well, at least I still have one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, it's, it's just ridiculous to me. And I, I've noticed that a lot with secondary infertility stories. And I just, I hope that we can like break that stigma at some point. I, I hope so. And I've started to get um, vocal about it just because I, I want people to know. Yeah. And that's so um, awesome. And I think that grieving is really hard, but being a mom while grieving was just, yeah, like it was honestly <laughs> like I was able to, you know, crawl into bed and not get up. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I, I did not have that at uh-huh. all, um, which is sometimes a good thing, right? She, yeah. she made me do things, <laughs> yeah. but then other times I'm like, gosh, I don't want to do this. I just need to. Just need to cry for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, everyone just needs to understand that there's good and bad to yes. each story. And the yes. grass is always greener in a sense. And it, yeah, it's just we're all in this together. And I just, whether it's secondary infertility or infertility in general, like we're all a part of this club if we like it or not. And obviously right. we, don't, we don't like it. But no. <laughs> together so I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and helping like open up that 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 conversation because I think it's so important and um, if you had one piece of advice for other women going through something similar what would it be oh gosh so I thought about this ahead of time because I knew you were going to ask me this (laughs) Um, so I think my biggest piece of advice is grief is grief Um, and even if you don't understand exactly what somebody's going through you understand what grief is. Um, and I think my other piece of advice would be to get through today. You don't have to think about tomorrow or the next week or the next month. You just have to get through today. Yeah. I've never heard the, like, out of all the episodes, I've never heard the grief is grief. And, like, everybody understands grief. And I think that that's huge. That's a really good way to kind of, like, <laughs> explain things to people who haven't been through it. So I, I think so. And I was listening to one of your episodes and I'm not sure who it was. And grief is grief is something I've been saying for a long time, but she was talking about if you see somebody on the street. Yes. That's like my favorite. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I'm like, if, if you saw me on the street today with a pregnant belly holding my toddler's hand, you would think, wow, she's probably so happy. That's so awesome. Um, which those things are not untrue now, but you would have no idea. So yeah. I think um, can't just look at the blessings. Yes, yes, and I, I think, think understanding that the person is grieving, if it, even if you don't understand why they're grieving, you know what that grief feels like, mm-hmm. and I think that can help with sympathy and empathy. So true. I love that. Now, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way to do so? Yeah, Instagram's fine. My Instagram is private, but if you request me or send me a message, I will happily um, accept you. Okay, awesome. So I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. And thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing your story. And thank you for giving women a platform to do so and men. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. We'll, we'll talk soon.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, take my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.